0: Welcome to the Minta Dialogue radio show number 18, recorded December 30th, 2011. This interview is with Joachim Nilsson, head of social media for BetClick. In this interview, we discuss some operational cases that Joachim put in place at BetClick, including the oh-so-necessary social media dashboard and how to create an ambassador fan page. We also discuss Joachim's vision of big trends for 2012. Hope you enjoy the show. Dialogue Radio Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, and I'm author of the blog TheMindset.com. That's T H E M Y N D S E T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. So let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue radio show. It's the 30th of December 2011. We're about to wind down the year just in time for one more podcast. I have with me at the Nemrod Café in downtown Paris... Um, Joachim Nilsson and Joachim is someone I met uh, over a year ago on an internet television uh, show uh, uh, called Tech Talk. Uh, Joachim is the head of social media at at an organization called BetClick Everest. Joachim, welcome to the show. Can you tell us exactly uh, who you are, what you do and uh,
1: what is BetClick Everest? Thank you, Minter. So BetClick Everest is an online gaming company. Uh, We do sports betting, poker, casino. And my job at the company as head of social media is uh, running a program trying to understand how effectively social media tools and technologies can support the business.
0: Great. Well, so it's clearly a challenging area, but gambling is a beautiful area. It's had a great run, I would say the golden era in, uh, in the Internet. It's been a changing world. Uh, how, so can you tell us a little bit about how you guys have had to evolve and how what's been happening in the gambling world online?
1: So I would say this industry is uh, around 12 years old. and. Um, the company I started working for in 2005 is called Expect.com, and uh, my job here at bet everest is as a result of, uh, of an acquisition of Expect.com. And the company was founded in 1999 and based out of Malta. And uh, this industry has been an offshore industry, uh, unregulated, uh, and Malta have a gaming license, uh, providing us to to offer our services. Now. What is happening throughout most of Europe is that each member state is uh, opening up for their own regulatory environment. And this has happened last year. This happened last year in France and Italy. Uh, So, what we predict for the future is obviously that most of Europe is going to open up and offer uh, gaming licenses. And this obviously has an impact on how we work with social media, as traditionally, sites like Facebook hasn't really been welcomed to um, gaming sites and uh, another sort of X-rated material. But now when when uh, the states, states are recognizing us, of course we're welcome, and it opens up for more possibilities. That's great.
0: So, uh, you're right. so one of the things that's on the minds of most marketers... <laughs> Uh, whether it was looking back on 2011 or certainly setting up for 2012, is, is trying to set a, the right dashboard so that you understand your KPIs and you can monitor your social media activities and, and justify them and, and prove the need for more resources. Can you tell us what's your spin on uh, setting up a dashboard for social media metrics in, in BetClick? What's your opinion?
1: I think it's a very good question and something we've been debating very much internally. I would really emphasize on the fact on everything starts with identifying your objectives, and uh, with with um, with um, with without understanding your objectives, it will be obviously very difficult to understand the metrics you're gonna measure. And one problem we're facing is that we put sort of social media into a box, so we say. How do we measure the ROI on social media? Um, Is social media working, etc., etc.? And the problem there is that we we put this in the social media box. If we turn things around and we say that we want to achieve more awareness, that's a very basic business objective, and our strategy is going to be doing things on Facebook. Now we need to identify those particular metrics that will measure this awareness, etc., etc., Now, then we're measuring things for this awareness project rather than just saying what we do for social media. So going forward, I think it will be very, very difficult. I don't think we will see people saying we we have this result for social media, etc., etc. I think we will see... We had this result for this particular project and it involved social media tools and technologies.
0: Alright, so when you're, when you're working at BackClick and you've got a meeting to go to, what are the types of tools that you use that you think are really pertinent to try and establish uh, your KPIs? What are the tools that you
1: use and you like? If we take a very basic example, which I think all of our listeners can recognize with, uh, if we look at your typical propriety social media channels that most, most brands have today, let's say your branded Facebook page, you might have a YouTube channel, you might, uh, customer service maybe on Twitter, and uh, then we throw in a Flickr account there just to be... To be extra advanced.
0: Just to be a little bit picturesque, extravagant.
1: Exactly. We could put in any any social media channel there really. Or your website for that sake as well. Uh, What we try to do is we built a social media scorecard where we look at four metric metrics group. And As you know, when it comes to social media, there's a sea of metrics you really can measure. And it sort of becomes a little bit silly when we start to discuss about we had X amount of fans and uh, the uh, Twitter followers or this and this many, because it doesn't really relate to business objective. I think most people with their social media profiles, they want to gain traffic to their website. Of course, there are many other justified uh, objectives, but this is a very classical one. And if if we look at all the social media metrics that comes out from social media channels, we can group them into four. And the first one would be activities. So we look at all the things we do, uh, how many Facebook posts we have, how many tweets, how many videos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: This is more of just a quantitative. Uh is sort of what clout really does it it, it, it counts up how many times you're tweeting how many times you're present how many times you're sharing
1: yeah so this social media scorecard is totally qualitative and doesn't look at quantitative metrics at all because if we should take a basic example uh, we're interested in understanding how much referral traffic we can get to the site we'll we'll focus in this example to look at quantif. Quantitative. Quantitative uh, metrics. And the second metric groups would then be engagement metrics. And these would be the ones sort of trying to see what interactions were there from uh, from your fans or, or followers. So this is sort of the results on the activities you posted. Typical things would be a like or a comment. Uh, and the third one would be the reach the potential people you have touched with this one. So, how many views did you have? Uh, What was the audience that could have seen your tweet, Uh, etc. And the fourth one is your network size. And everyone recognizes the amount of Twitter followers you have and the Facebook fans. Now, when you measure all of this for all of your channels over time and you create... Uh, a chart diagram. It's very interesting to see how they relate to each other. Obvious things that you will see is that if you don't have any interaction from a customer base, your reach will be very low. So, and your network size might not be the most important factor, etc., etc. So, this is, a, this is a first thing I think I recommend to everyone running a basic social media setup with proprietary social media channels that. They try to group the social media metrics and, and measure them in a the basic scorecard.
0: One of the things uh, we've seen recently of Google Analytics has been improving their system and they have uh, new ways of tracking. Can you tell us about the, what we were just talking about before um, with Google Analytics, the, the ability to track the,
1: the previous history of, of the links before they come in? Sure, it's multi-channel Multi-channel tracking, so what we're looking at here, in the past, we've always attributed success to the last last touch point. And that sort of becomes very unfair. If we take an example, uh, if we do a TV advert, for example, and we run that one, uh, branded search is gonna increase, but not gonna get credit for it. Uh, If we take another example, let's say you have a YouTube video that becomes very successful, it got 300,000 views, but nowhere in the YouTube video is there a... Or a YouTube video, I mean, the normal thing is not to click through to the website after you see a YouTube video. Maybe what you do is a branded Google search, and then your SEO team will get attribution for that. So what Google is trying to do with, with this is trying to look at uh, assisted uh, channels and trying to, to attribute some sort of, you know, relative success to the assisted channels. So you can you can then in a much better way understand uh, the effectiveness of all the digital things you do online. Uh, you can attribute the success for this YouTube video that we took in the example uh, or we can look at for example your Facebook page might be in the third line and after that we have branded search and after that people click a banner. Uh, these are interesting things we see with with this new Google Analytics enhancement,
0: that's very cool. All right, so we were talking a little bit before. Um, you had a, a case which I thought was interesting uh, about Expect the brand you uh, were working on in Malta. Can you talk to us about the the this, the program that you put into place, uh, was specifically regarding driving traffic that you mentioned earlier as the the primary objective?
1: Sure. Uh, so this, this program was using, was maximizing the value of a brand ambassador that we had for Expect brand, a uh, Swedish brand ambassador called Niklas Vikigård, a very famous hockey commentator, uh, always on prime time uh, in TV. And uh, we simply set up a Facebook page for him, uh, sponsored by Expect.com, and uh, due to his popularity, obviously, he gained a large follower base, both on, on Facebook and Twitter. And... Our objective was obviously to to try to reach those those of his fans that were interested in in placing a bet uh, and we used his expertise to provide us with betting tips his original betting tips uh, and uh, we used Facebook and Twitter as a channel of communicating that and simply tracking uh, how many people that took took part of his tips and uh, and attributing the revenue to that. All
0: right so how much did it cost and what was the benefit what how did the, what were the results?
1: Obviously there was a the cost of of having this ambassador but uh, this particular project or this particular program was 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 you know not having any significant cost as it was just maximizing an already existing resource. Got it. And what about the benefits? Well, the benefits were, were, were quite nice. I think during one year we gained 30,000 organic, fa- organic fans. And uh, we saw we saw around, you know, I can't me- mention the exact numbers, but it was in the thousands each month of referring traffic from uh, from his Facebook page.
0: It makes me think of something that just came up, so I'm taking a little bit of a left turn. We, uh, just recently there was this uh, guy in, in, um, in the States... Noah Kravitz, who, uh, whose Twitter account uh, he had started within the company, and then when he left the company, he left with the seventeen thousand fans i don 't know if you 've heard about this the, so the the idea here is that you 've got this uh, hockey commentator who 's got a number of fans with his Facebook page at a certain point, the operation 's over, and he stays with them I, I, what's your, what do you, Who do you think owns those fans?
1: Well, this is obviously something you need to figure out before you launch the operation. In this case, he owns the fans, and we had several cases of this. And in all cases, the uh, the ambassador we work with owns the fans, and uh, you know we we work with it during the time we have the partnership with the particular ambassador. Uh, but there are other cases, you know, where where you can say you set up a, a page where the ambassador sort of sponsored the fans, but i mean it's 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 a great point you bring up and i think we've seen it with uh was it best buy uh you know everything from uh, for example i saw i checked twitter Sappos today and i looked at their page listing all their twitter employees and that page needs a big uh, update there are former employees that haven't updated for a long time and left the company and they've been somewhere else and you know examples of where they create a the Twitter handle Fred at Sappos, for example, and then they leave the company. And this is this is things you, you really should take into account before launching the operation.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be there's going to be a lot a lot, a lot more to, to figure out on that, that level. And then with so with regard to I, I don't remember the name of your your hockey dude here, but because um, I'm a big ice hockey fan by the way and a friend of uh, well big fan of Peter Forsberg as a Philadelphia Flyer. But um, I digress. Going back to the page that was managed by this guy, the community management, who was actually running it, managing it? Was it him? Did he input? How does it work?
1: In this particular case, he he was very interested in social media tools and technologies, and he really embraced Twitter. We helped him updating the Facebook page. But, of course, certain things you outsource, certain things uh, you cannot outsource. But I think the... The important thing here is that there, there, there's never. It's going to be very, very hard to get high-profile ambassadors and get them to manually, you know, uh, update the pages. It's either going to be the company doing it, or it's either going to be some of their assistants. But the important thing is that it's their words and it's really coming from them. I mean, typical examples are, you know, Barack Obama is is probably not updating his own Twitter and. Most company CEOs are maybe not writing all their own emails. So, if we take take the case of this guy,
0: presumably on his own Facebook page, he was able to write his own personal comments. But then you had—did you have an editorial calendar about the number of times you might post? uh, For um, expect, did you have say, "Well, listen, we're going to publish something once once a day, twice a week," and or can you allow him to have his own, you know, commentary about? You know, a, 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 an idea, a tip on on a, a new hockey game, or how do, how did they work to integrate the personal and the professional ambitions that you guys have behind?
1: I mean, he is already engaged in TV and radio and write and the blog. So we gave him totally free hands to to tweet, and the guys, you know, the guy is very funny. So he ran his own own twitter profile exactly as he wanted and did that with with great success the only thing we gave him in terms of a calendar was that during these and these games we want to have your betting tips because that's what's gonna drive traffic and during the rest of the time you know he he was the guy you know engaging the the audience and obviously we helped out on certain channels where he didn't have time to to do the community management.
0: very cool. Uh, Well, I love talking about hockey, so we could have digressed massively. But so moving along, um, I wanted to talk to you about another uh, operation you guys did at BetClick, which was with regard to customer service. And uh, rather than just sort of fielding inbound calls, you guys actually decided to go out out and find where people were talking about BetClick and and, uh, apply a customer service philosophy with regard. Can you talk to us about what you did exactly?
1: Yeah, so we, we decided that with social media tools and technologies and not only with, with that, but we we wanted to do customer service outreach. We saw no reason why there shouldn't be customers that don't get help. I mean, obviously we prefer customers contact us through the inbound channels, but we also know that that's not always what customers do. And especially in our industry, there are big online forums where customers debate, etc., etc. And now, now with the nice social media monitoring tools that exist, we were able to set up very good monitoring dashboards and uh, and listen to that, and obviously provide customer service in those channels. All right, so can you tell us about some of the tools you use, and specifically... We used uh, one of the uh, market leaders in uh, social media monitoring. Uh, we didn't rely on uh, free social media tools such as uh, Google Analytics and Social Mention, but we went with uh, a paid service. A paid service, uh, um, yeah. And uh, did
0: you have success? How did you man- did you- can you talk about any specific situation of you reaching out to a-, a complaint or some you know, issue that happened and how did you manage that?
1: Well, the- I think. Customers are not really used to get a public reply. I mean, this operation is what happened in France for BetClick.fr brand. And none of our competitors, what we have seen, are doing this at a large scale. So customers are really, uh, you know, they're very surprised, positively surprised that we are actually taking the effort and reaching out. And if you look at the objectives, obviously the first one is that we want to increase our customer satisfaction. But there's also a direct revenue attached to this, because... The amount of mentions that we solve publicly in forum is not huge. It's quite low mention, but we have to look at the mention audience. We might say that there was 5, 10, 15 mentions for, during a certain period of time that we, that we solved. But the question is rather how many people saw that and how many people then saw that we replied and uh, hopefully solved this issue. That's, that's where we know there's going to be a positive impact on, uh, you know, search results, on our revenue. Now attributing direct revenue to that is, is yet quite difficult, but there's obviously ways we can look at, you know, referring sources and, and trying to, to look at it.
0: Going back to our initial point and the, the idea of your dashboard do you, what sort of mechanisms do you have to understand how many people are seeing that comment your your interaction with an unhappy fan your your you know the, the response you provide and the conversion into happiness satisfaction do you have any idea what, what tools are you using to gauge how many people are viewing that interaction
1: I can't disclose the exact tool but if you look at typical tools like Radiant 6, Synthesio, brand-watching tools like this, they will come with a typical set of... Uh, you will get a fa- you will get a good understanding of the mentioned audience. If you take a typical example of a web forum, normally they can pull data from a service called Comscore, and you will see that this typical thread had X amount of views on Twitter. is pretty straightforward. You see how many... Followers that Twitter user had, etc., etc. When it comes to if we talk about sentiment, that's well debated whether automated sentiment works or not. But I would suggest that you manually do the sentiment, and then you can. But then we start to talk about more a general brand health dashboard, dash which wasn't really the scope of this project, but. Uh,
0: well, I, but going you know to our conversation before the interview, in the end of the day, your dashboard has to be off and on. Your reputation online is fine, but it has to be a combination. Your media program cannot be just limited to social media. It's an integrated... Phenomenon where everything is linked. So it's uh, anyway. It's a complex world. All right. This now it is the we are 6:30. We got 20 well 32 hours before 2012 hits us. Joachim, can you give us your forecast for 2012 in the social media world? Things that are gonna turn us on or make us excited
1: for next year. What do you have for us? Uh, So, we were taking notes on this, and I'm sitting here with my iPhone and my WordPress, uh, because I'm going to write a blog post about this.
0: Sounds good. Well, I'll, of course, put a a link into that in the show notes.
1: Excellent. So, Minta, the first one we have is, I think, going forward for organizations. They're not going to organize for social. Instead, they're going to organize around social. And typically what I mean with that is I think we're going to see fewer and fewer social media departments and we're going to see more and more the trend of that existing departments use social media tools and technologies. Now... This doesn't mean that you don't need a corporate social media strategist or you don't need someone like myself. Uh, in fact, you do need and, and you need someone to take care of the company's change management, the center of or the excellence or the program management office or if you so want. Someone needs to lead this change from the social media department going to uh, business units adopting social media tools and technologies.
0: All right, so what, I, a question I have, I wrote a post a about that about uh, a couple weeks ago, about what I call the geek quotient. Do you think uh, geeks have their place in, in regular organizations in, in helping to understand the mechanics, the CSS script, uh, HTML writing? What do you, what's your opinion on geeks in, in
1: companies? I think geeks are the most important uh, part of the companies going forward. These are the real workers. These are the people that understand how the web works. Uh, I think we need uh, more geeks, of course. I, well, <laughs> I agree with that one. All right, so what other uh, forecast do you have for 2012? Uh, okay, so the second one is going to be, organizations is going to recognize the value of customer influence. And uh, with that one, I mean that customers, well, as we've seen in the last years, the trend is that they have a voice and an influence that they didn't have before. Now, they have had this on social media channels, but now more and more, this is going to be picked up by search engines, and then it's going to be significantly Amplified and it's going to be more and more important. So I think with the recognition of uh, customers' influence, we're going to see more customer-centric organizations rather than product-oriented organizations.
0: So if we uh, take influence, because that's one a huge word. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, go back to our initial conversation or uh, thought about clout, how do, you, how do you think that companies are going to better understand, wield uh, this notion of influence?
1: Well, I know influence is widely debated on the Internet. And as, as you said with clout, that there is, no, there is no way you can measure influence per definition. I think I think it sort of means what we really want. I mean, influence is just a word we try to describe with sort of customers having a voice, having a say, being a bit louder. Uh, of course, it's impossible to say they to predict their buying intentions and things like that. But I think it's it's important enough that they 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 themselves can can you know can create noise and noise that can be both good and bad for your brand and and brands want to recognize that then how we define that as influence or buying behavior i'm really less concerned with
0: Hmm. all right joachim uh you had
1: one a a
0: third uh uh forecast for 2012 what was that
1: that's about Google+. Uh, of course, no uh, no list for 2012 without mentioning Google+. And it's been widely debated whether Google+ is going to win over Facebook, over Twitter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think, as many other people have said, that Google+ project is more than just another social media network. I think it's what 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 we tend to see now in the last days is that Google is really trying to bring all the products together uh, in a way trying to do seamless collaboration between the products. For example, if you start a Hangout today, you can take notes in Google Docs and we're going to see more and more of these things. Uh, we know that Google wants to dominate the world and if if they can take the Google Plus project and, and really come up with a solution for collaboration uh, that is seamless through the products that we today use Microsoft for, that we today use Facebook for, I think they will be very, very difficult to beat in the future. future.
0: Well, I think Google's not alone in wanting to dominate the world. <laughs> I have a few other thoughts about that one. But um, So, uh, Joakim, uh, let's say you are, you're a man about town, man on the net. Uh, what are your go-to references? What sources do you use to stay up to date with what's going on
1: in the web, social, uh, internet? I'm a Big fan of Jeremy Ouyang, uh, web-strategist.com. Uh, I also have a local hero in Malta called Alex Grek, who's the CEO of uh, uh, StrategyWorks.net. Uh, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. Uh, I think he's very entertaining, but uh, maybe needs to be backed up with uh, practical examples sometimes. Uh, these are. Those are my go-to-go guys, really. Beautiful.
0: I'll put those in the show notes. And Joachim, how can anyone uh, who wants to contact you or follow you, how can they do that? What's the best way?
1: I'm on Twitter, uh, Joachim Nilsson in one word. Uh, and you can search uh, on my email on Google+, joachim.nilsson at hotmail.com.
0: Splendid. Bon, uh, il me reste à te dire bonne année, happy new year uh, to you, Joachim, and to all those listening. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Pleasure to speak with you and look forward to following your activities in
1: 2012. Merci beaucoup, Minter.
0: Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Mind Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T H E M Y N D S E T where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at MDIAL. Happy trails.